Thank you, choir. Thank you, Ken and Brenda, for narrating for us. I just want to say that the, uh, the rendition you did today of Oh Holy Night left me kind of in an awkward moment. You know that moment where you, 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 you want to clap for the choir, right? On the other hand, you don't, want to, you don't want to clap. You don't want to make any noise because you just want to sit there in wonder of our great God and Savior, Jesus. So thank you, choir, for helping us this morning. You've done an excellent job, not just musically and in narration today, but you've done an excellent job in, in helping us to understand this, that the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ was preceded by a very long time of expectation. A promise had been made, promises had been made from God himself that that he would send forth his son. And while all of it was not fully understood, the people of Israel had a hope that was rooted in the words of the prophets, their prophets, And because the prophets had spoken, this hope now resided in the hearts of the people for for hundreds of years. You see, Bethlehem, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago was not some, some act of happenstance. It was as though it was not linked to anything at all. Rather, it was connected to promises that had been made, about 65 promises You see, Christmas was foretold. The the coming of Messiah was proclaimed long before he was even born. And let me just focus on that word Messiah for a moment. It's a word that we often use, we often hear, but but we need to understand what the word means. The, The Hebrew word for Messiah is Mashiach. And it simply means the anointed one. The Greek translation of the Hebrew word is Christos, from which we get the English word Christ, Jesus Christ. It's not a first name and a last name. It's a title, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Anointed One. And friends, the Old Testament writings were, are filled with the word Mashiach, Messiah. It's, it's found all throughout the Old Testament writings. You see, in the history of God's ancient people, there were three types of individuals who received the name Messiah, anointed one. The first was a group of people who we call the prophets. You remember the, the prophet Elijah, as he, as he grew older and as his time in ministry came to an end, he then was used by God to commission the, his successor, Elisha, and uh, uh, Elijah took oil and he poured oil on the head of Elisha. He anointed him and Elisha became an anointed one. In Psalm 105, the psalmist writes, speaking on God's behalf, God speaking through the prophet, do not touch my anointed ones. Do not touch my messiahs. Do my prophets no harm. Why were were the prophets so important? Well, they were uh, anointed because they were appointed by God anointed by God, appointed by God to proclaim truth, to proclaim the message of God. They were messengers. They were mouthpieces of God. 
They were to deliver God's word. They were to speak into the ignorance of people's hearts. Minds darkened in understanding to understand the true and living God, the prophets revealing truth to enlighten the mind and to turn us from waywardness. The prophets brought light. The key word is reveal. The the prophets revealed God. They spoke God's word. It was Moses, that wonderful prophet, who said that the Lord God himself would raise up another prophet, he says, like me. And the people of Israel were to listen to him. And so as it were, from the first prophet Moses until the last prophet, there was a a succession of one prophet after the other, sort of like Moses, but not quite fulfilling the prophet like Moses. And so the people of Israel looked for the anointed one. And when John the Baptist came on the scene, one of the first questions that he asked was, are you the prophet? Are you the anointed one? The second group of people in Israel who received this title, anointed ones, were the priests. Aaron was set aside by God to be the high priest, and and Moses made it very, very clear in the book of Exodus that they were to take the anointing oil and to anoint him by, by pouring the oil on his head. And the function of the priests of Israel was to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people and to intercede for the people. If the, prophets, if the prophets were the representatives of God to the people, then the priests were the representatives of the people to God. They stood in the presence of God in the hope that somehow they could reconcile sinful human beings to a holy God. And the prophets spoke of the coming of an anointed Messiah, a priest, In Psalm 110, David David said of the coming Messiah, he said, you are a priest forever. And the prophet Isaiah said something amazing, that there would come a priest in the end who who would not just offer a sacrifice for sins, but he would make his own life an offering for sin, and that he would make intercession for the transgressors. The third group of people that received the title anointed ones were the kings, the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah. Samuel, the prophet, anointed the first king of Israel, Saul. And we know that Saul was a failure. He was disobedient to God's calling, but the Lord still called him my anointed one. And he was succeeded by King David, and Samuel anointed David as well. And from David on, all of the subsequent kings were anointed because they represented the rule of God over his people. And before the kings were even established in Israel, the prophets foretold that kings would be put in place, and the prophets anticipated an anointed king, a Messiah king, unlike any other earthly king. Isaiah said the government would be on his shoulders, the the increase of of his government, there would be no end, and he would reign on David's throne. And Micah said that he would be born in Bethlehem, and he would be ruler over Israel. This, This was the promise made. I want you to just keep in mind two very important things. First of all, the prophets, the priests, and the kings were simply foreshadows 
of the prophet, priest, and king who was going to come. They were prototypes, so to speak. They were getting the people ready. Because the second thing you need to understand is the prophet, the priests, and the kings, they all failed. They all failed. They never fulfilled their function precisely as God wanted them to. The prophets brought the revelation of God, but friends, that revelation was only partial. It was never full. They shed light on certain aspects of the character of of God, and they shed light on the condition of the human heart, but they could never change human hearts by their words, and the words of the prophets were resisted over and over again. And the prophets themselves were sinners. And the priests were to bring about reconciliation, but the reconciliation they sought to achieve was only symbolical in nature. Because the Bible makes it clear that the, 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 sac, the sacrifices of lambs and bulls and goats can never take away sins. And the priests themselves were sinners. They could not bring the people to God. And the kings, their ruling over the people was never effectual in nature because they never could provide the godly and the gracious rule that the hearts of human beings really long for. And so this hope was rooted in a promise and this hope resided in the hearts of the people. And Christmas is not only about a promise made, but a promise kept or a promise fulfilled. You see, the anointed ones, the prophets, the priests, and the kings, they were all pointing to to the anointed one. Guys, if we could jump ahead to the prophets, promise kept, thank you. And we think of the ministry of the Lord Lord Jesus. He, He was anointed at the beginning of his ministry. You remember he went down to the River Jordan and John the baptizer baptized him. And when Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Jesus was anointed by God, not not, uh, using oil, the symbol of God's power, but by the spirit of power himself. And Jesus is the prophet who reveals God. The author of the Hebrews says that in the last day, or in, in, in former days, God spoke to us through the prophets in many different ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us through his son. He is God's final prophet. He gave us words not just to believe. He is a person in whom we can trust. And his revelation of God is full, for he said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And the apostle John said, we have seen the glory of the one and only who has come from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so if we're ignorant of God, then we can turn to Christ because Christ is the full revelation of God. The prophets can inform us, but only Jesus the prophet can transform us because he gives the Spirit to those who believe in him. He is the revealing prophet. But Jesus is also the priest who reconciles us to God. Hebrews says that he made a purification for sins. There was something about the sacrifice of Jesus that was different than all of the other sacrifices that the priests had made in the past. 
And friends, the whole book of Hebrews in our Bible is an exposition of the fact that the priesthood of Jesus is unique and better than all of the priests of the past and that his sacrifice achieves what all the sacrifices of the past could never achieve. He made one sacrifice once for all. In the words of Paul, he became sin for us. And then this priest sat down at the right hand of God, no longer standing in the temple, always worried about getting his work done. He sat down because he had finished his priestly work on the cross. And now he ever lives, the the Bible tells us, to intercede for us. He can be touched by, by, by the problems and the struggles that we have in life. He sympathizes with us. He prays for us. He transforms us. Jesus is the priest who reconciles us. And finally, Jesus is the king who reigns. We know that the beginning of the Christmas story is about the the wise men coming from the east, magi from the east, and they're looking for the one who would be born king of the Jews. And Herod hears this, and Herod wants to to wipe out the, the coming king, the king who was born. Once Jesus Christ had finished his work of revealing himself, revealing God to us and reconciling us by, by, by his work on the cross. The Bible tells us that, that Jesus was exalted to the right hand of God. He was exalted to God's throne. And so that we, when we think of Christmas at this time of year, our, our minds go to Bethlehem, it goes to a manger, it goes to a cradle in that man, manger. And we try to make sense of what that manger is all about, God incarnating himself in a human boy. But it only makes sense if we go back to those prophetic words of the past and what the prophets have said. It only makes sense if we go back in our minds to the fact that there were prophets and priests and kings all pointing to a final prophet, priest, and king. And then from the prophecies of the past, we're pointed forward to the cross itself, from the cradle to the cross where Christ, the Messiah, died for the sins of the world. He took your sin and my sin upon himself. And then from the cross, we go forward again to to that moment in time when he was crowned, enthroned in heaven, the ascended king. Jesus is the prophet who speaks to the ignorance of our minds and hearts and enlightens us. He is the priest who cleanses us from our sins. He is the king who reigns over us in order that he might secure our destiny for us. And on the cross, when Jesus hung there between two thieves, that one, cro- that one thief from one cross looked and saw that sign that was placed on the top of Jesus' cross. This is the king of the Jews, and he wondered. And then he heard the man on the cross, on the center cross, say these words, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And that thief understood, this isn't only a king. This is a priest who can forgive sins. And then he put his faith and trust in Jesus when he called out to him and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus spoke these words to him, I tell you the truth. Listen, those are the words of a prophet. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. There at the cross we see prophet, priest, and king all in the person of Jesus. The the thief hears the words of a prophet. He receives the forgiveness of a priest and he submits himself to the rule of a king and his destiny is secured. Think about this. If God has come to us in the person of Jesus, if God has come to us through the prophet Jesus who can deal with our ignorance about God and about sin, our waywardness, If God has come to us through the priest Jesus who can cleanse us of our sins, if God has come to us through the King Jesus who can settle our destiny forever, then isn't it right that we would respond and come to God through him? And the gospel story opens with a group of fishermen on the shores of a sea called Galilee. And prior to Jesus coming to them, John the Baptist pointed to them that there was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John reminded them that the final prophet, the final king, would also be a priest who would take away the sins of the world. And Andrew, after hearing the words of John about this priest, went to his brother Simon Peter, and he said to him, We have found the Messiah. And then Nathanael said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Those men found the prophet. They found the priest. They found the king. And they found all three in one man, the Messiah Jesus. And you can find him too because he came for you. Would you pray with me, please? Our Father, thank you so very much for what we have heard in music today, the message that's been communicated to us, even this message about Jesus being prophet, priest, and king. We thank you that he has come on our behalf. We thank you that he gave himself for us. We thank you that he spoke God's word to us, We thank you so much that he reigns over us. And we thank you so much that he will secure our destiny with himself in heaven like he did for the thief on the cross if we will open our hearts to him and put our faith and trust in him. Do this, I pray, in every heart that is here today. For Jesus' sake, amen. Well, I know we all appreciate what the choir has done for us today, so please take an opportunity today to go to some of them personally and to express your thanks to them. And now may the words of our prophet encourage us. May the prayers of our priest strengthen us. And may the reign of our king be extended through us as we witness for him this Christmas season. Amen.